The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Enrojo. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Dom. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Dom. Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are certain to enjoy called The Secrets of Doctor Who. The 60th anniversary of Doctor Who is coming up, and there's some specials coming from the BBC featuring David Tennant as the 14th Doctor, and it's going to be awesome all through the end of the year, and we're going to be covering all of it on The Secrets of Doctor Who, so get get subscribed, get caught up, and start listening at uh, sqpn.com slash Doctor Who, or wherever fine podcasts are found. So we do have a little bit of listener feedback to start this episode. Last time we had, uh, we talked about health and wellness apps and gadgets to, to help us with, with that, and the first feedback, uh, or this feedback, it's only one, comes from Kyle, who sent in this email. Uh, Kyle says, I love this episode. I just wanted to offer a suggestion for another food tracking app for iOS users called Food Noms. Noms as in, you know, nom, nom, nom. I'm a big fan of this app. It has the same minimalistic yet vibrant design characteristic of Apple products. It has many of the same features as premium versions, uh, the premium version of MyFitnessPal, but it's just around... annually instead of $80. You can set a goal for just about anything, calories, carbs, fat, protein, even micronutrients like certain vitamins. It also has a timer for intermittent fasting. When you input food, you can tell the app whether your portion size is an accurate measurement, an approximation, or just an estimate, and it will account for that, preventing you from having to painstakingly measure all of your food. I just wanted to share this as I was surprised when I didn't hear it mentioned in the episode. Love the show. Thank you, Kyle. That's a good recommendation. It sounds like it does a lot. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. go check it out. It does It does intermittent fasting as well as all the other stuff. And that's one that it's hard to find a combination there. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> an app that does all of it. And uh, although I'm not surprised we missed it just because there's so many apps out there that are trying to, because people are constantly trying to diet and, you know, lose weight or eat healthy or all these other things. And so there's a lot of apps. So it's great that you've, uh, you found this one and that uh, you can recommend it. I will definitely be checking this out and, uh, and see what it is, uh, see what it's like. Excellent. So thank you, Kyle. So our uh, primary topic today is home maintenance tech. So uh, whether you own your own home or you're renting or you're living in your parents' basement with no judgment, (laughs) I know how how times are these days. Uh, I may end up in my in-laws' basement at some point. Who knows? But uh, uh, right, Pat? So uh, nevertheless, um, whatever your living situation, you often will have needs for tools of various kinds to to take care of the place where you live. And, uh, you know, like anything else, there are high tech tools and there are low tech tools and we'll cover the gamut uh, for, for 
tools that help you take care of your home. And, and you know, when you think about it, like what kind of tools, you know, the stuff outside of your regular toolbox, you know, hammer and screwdriver and ratchet wrench, like what other kind of tools do you need? And one of the ones that if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know, for <laughs> one of the ones that came up for me. Uh, a couple years ago was having a moisture meter and uh, yeah, we had a, a pipe burst, actually three at once or, or two pipes and a roof uh, leak ended up having to monitor, you know, water soaking into various surfaces. And so uh, there's a, there's a moisture meter that I got. Um, it's not sold on Amazon anymore. I found one that's similar and it's a, what it does is it's a contact moisture meter and you hold it against like a ceiling or a wall and it will tell you the moisture content in it. I actually was doing this with um, wood for my mm-hmm. smoker. That's because you want mm. you want wood that's not too uh, green, but you don't also don't want it too dry. So you're looking for a certain moisture content in it, and it works for that as well. So, uh, but it just you hold it against it, and it will give you a reading. And you know if you're if you're getting high, uh, high moisture content in your ceiling or in your walls or in a floor or something like that take action, <laughs> do something about it. Mm-hmm. Cause once mold starts growing, then you're going to have to start ripping things out and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think a moisture meter is a very uh, important tool for everybody's home, frankly. Yeah. And that one is contactless. I have an older style, the kind with the two little probes that you actually mm-hmm. have to push the probes into the wall. Yeah. And pretty soon it looks like your house has been attacked <laughs> by vampiric squirrels or something. <laughs> Cause you have all these little, you know, po- uh, poke marks going up the wall and stuff. But yeah, that no, that's that's a good one. Yes, yeah, that's the great thing. Yeah, the, these newer ones they can do it without damaging, without making holes or anything like that. That's de- that's definitely a spot where an ounce of prevention is going to save you many pounds of uh, oh, <laughs> of <yes>. remediation. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. The, wa- water damage in your home is a huge expense when it happens. It's a huge problem, and um, yeah, to, if you can prevent or at least mitigate it. Um, and in fact, some, I think we help, we have some other, uh, gadgets on the list that might help with that. Yeah. One that I found, um, to be, it's, it's again, uh, a contact thing. So any moisture or, you know, anything that, that makes an electrical contact across two, you know, pads. Um, but it's the, uh, watchdog, um, uh, water alarm and it's only about $13. You put a nine volt battery in it and. Uh, you know, the little probe part can be moved away from the alarm part on a little uh, cable, but boy, is it loud when it, when it goes off. Uh, I have other, you know, Z-Wave moisture sensors that are wired into my home automation, but if I want something reliable, this, this little guy, um, it's a box, you know, about the size of a paperback book. You put it down by your sump pump or your hot water heater or under your sink or by the floor drains, anywhere you think you might have a water problem and this will wake you up out of a sound sleep across like two levels of a house. No problem. It's, it's that loud. So, um, for just $13, you can, you can get a couple of them and, um, put them where you think you might have some, some trouble. That's a great idea. I mean, I have some like a car, smart ones that can send me alerts, you know, if I'm not home, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but this is a good basic, you know, for 12 bucks, it's a no brainer to have this sort of thing watching your back um you could have because like, i could i can imagine like where i have my uh um leak detectors right now i have them by the the where the the water shutoff is coming into the house uh by the water mm-hmm. heater under the kitchen sink next to the dishwasher and um in the bathroom and you know, like those mm-hmm. are the 
those are the major places. If you have multiple bathrooms, put it, you know, you'd want, um, I don't know that I would put this in every single place, but no, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. It would be very difficult to tell when, when it goes off to which one, <laughs> if you had too many of them, right. It's kind of right. like the old fire alarm thing. Right. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but certainly a, a one or two of these, like that, I think that's a great idea. Um, interesting. I thought it was really funny, too, because I did my list completely independently of even looking at you guys. And um, my first one is the opposite end of the detection. So once you actually have a spill, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and right. um, and uh, I, yeah. this is this is one I cannot stress how important this is. If you are a new homeowner or if you're moving into a home and you don't have one of these yet, or even if, you know, I mean, if you're at your home and you don't have one, you really should get a shop back of some kind. Uh, so I, I use the rigid brand. I've, I will always go back to them because they have lasted an incredible time and they work. They just work. They're just really good. Uh, and it's just a good, strong vacuum that has a bucket attached to it and and a filter on it so it's not like a it's not a vacuum that you would use for your floor but it just sucks up everything so yep. it's got a, a nozzle on it and takes everything water it, sawdust it, it doesn't care it's just gonna it's gonna get it right off the floor yeah and anytime your toilet floods you know you, you can put towels down but that's still gonna ruin pieces of the floor because it's gonna the moisture is gonna soak in this you can just get the water off the ground really quickly and then dry it up afterwards. Right. And it works with Legos. An- too. Another- <laughs> yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. <laughs> just pull the filter off the inside and just go to town. <laughs> yeah. I, I use something similar. It's an actual uh, water pump. It has a little impeller inside of it and you hook it up. You can put a hose on each end and hook it up to a cordless drill. Oh, and nice. when our power goes out and we lose our sump pump, you know, the, the pump on the sump pump, that in a five gallon bucket and a drill, you know, it's, Still pretty manual, but it can it, it pumps a lot of water really fast. So if you ever get beyond what a, a you know shop vet could could pump out, um, you know they're about fifteen dollars at Harbor Freight. So oh, that's not bad. Nice. Worth, worth checking out. Yeah. So cool. another another uh, home maintenance gadget that has really paid off in spades for me. It's like it's amazing how often I use it. Is an infrared thermometer. Like it seems weird, but. Um, I've had one of these for years and uh, I've recently just bought a new one because the old one uh, died because it was uh, old. Um, but what it does is you, it's, it's shaped like a you know a pistol. It's got a pistol grip and you point it. It's got a little laser light. You point it at whatever you want to measure. And uh, the further away you are from it, the wider range that you're taking a temperature of. Right. So if you want to get a really accurate reading off of something, get up relatively close to it, a foot or so away. Um, because at a, like, it, it has a chart with it, but like at a foot, it's like six inches that the measurement space. I use this all the time when I was like, how is the heater running? Is it run? Is it hot enough? There were times when I was like, we have a forced hot air in our house in, uh, AC, in central AC. So there were times I'm like, you know, the office, which is far from the air handler, seems a lot cooler in this in the you know in the winter than the other one. And I would run around and take measurements, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's something's definitely wrong. Maybe it's clogged. And um, but I also, but I use it for things like um, even like with cooking. Is my griddle hot? Well, it says it's three hundred something degrees, so it must <laughs> yeah. be must be ready to go. You know, it's amazing how often you'll find a use for. Uh, measuring the the surface temperature of something, um, mm-hmm. you know, even like, you know, is is that tool still hot? Well, you can touch it, or you can point <laughs> the, the the thermometer at it. Uh, so, uh, and they're relatively inexpensive. Like the one I've got a link for is twenty five bucks, which is um, 
you know, it's it's not super cheap, but it's not it's not bad. Yeah, we we've got a wood burning stove and our we have an infrared thermometer as well. And it's it's uh, the kids love playing, you know, how hot is the wood burning stove? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oh, it's up to like 600 degrees now. <laughs> but it, it can be how it can be. Every wood burning stove has, you know, hot and cold places, uh, you know, around the, the body of it. And if you want to mount mount like a, a magnetic thermometer on it, you have to know, you know, where the hot places are. And so it can help you find that. So, right. I mean, I can even imagine like if I had a wood burning stove, wanting to make sure that the things around it don't get too hot. And while it's running, measuring the temperature of, yeah. say, the closest wall or you know furniture nearby and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's actually um, another great use for it. How about uh, so anything else, Victor, you, you had uh, another? Um, yeah, well, since since I mentioned the water pump and the cordless drill, I, I think a, a cordless drill is, is obviously pretty essential. Um, one thing I, w- I would mention, you know, is that also if you if you don't have a cordless drill or if you're looking to buy a new one, you know, consider the ecosystem mm-hmm. of the uh, of of the tool itself because you're going to be buying battery packs, which are can be costly and and heavy, and you don't want multiple chargers. So, is there are there a lot of other tools that are compatible with these same battery packs? And you know, one of the more common ones is the Ryobi, uh, you know, one plus. 18 volt system where they have their drill, but you can also get a impact driver or a saw or, uh, you know, even a soldering iron, um, or, uh, you know, they, they make fans too, that are pretty high powered that run off the drill batteries. So if you have a power outage in the summertime and you still want, you know, a fan and, and stuff to, to run and, uh, you, you can get something like that and, and, you know, nailers and staplers as well. So, um, you know, it it can get quite expensive if you purchase a bunch of different tools, but oftentimes the battery packs and stuff go on sale um, or have rebates, uh, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, consider the the full ecosystem of your uh, of your drill tool there. And a lot of times it's it's cheaper to to get the the get them in a pack where you've got like three yep. items that come together and <laughs> and you you you're probably going to replace those other things because they've been in your garage for a while anyway. So right. it, it's not a bad idea to just get them all in a bundle <laughs> and run and with them. With, yeah. As we record, Christmas is a couple months away, and they and they often have oh, yeah. see, uh, sales mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the packs. Uh, you know the, the 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 group of tools, and each of the major. Um, big box stores has their own brand that they, I don't know that they have a deal with them or they're like their in-house label. I don't know, but, but I think is like Ryobi is Lowe's or Home Depot. I forget what it is. I think it's Home Depot. I think it's Home Depot because I yeah. see them more often at Home yeah. Depot yeah. on the, on the cheaper end. Right. So, uh, and I, yeah, I have uh, the Ryobi and I've got like a weed whacker that uses it and a hedge trimmer uh and a like an electric chainsaw thing which is not going to cut down any tree you know big trees but it's enough yeah. to lop some limbs and that sort of stuff uh so uh, that's the yard maintenance that's all we could do a whole show on yard maintenance at some point. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. we've got some yard maintenance stuff in this one but there's a whole other level of uh of uh tech in in just maintaining your yard um so yeah that's a good that's a good one how about you uh, thomas 
So um, I, I, I realize that I have a theme going here for my first few. It's all uh, kind of plumbing related <laughs> stuff. So you can tell oh, no. a lot of what I do around my house. Um, this, this one's one that it's, it's bizarre. It's not one that you really think of until you see a plumber use one and you're like, oh, I, I really need one of those. But a, a toilet auger is mm-hmm. just a fantastic tool. And, and these come in all ranges of tech. So there's the manual, the good old manual, like, you know, you stick it in the toilet and you twist the handle and it goes into the and it snakes its way down into the drain. Or you can actually get them attached to a cordless drill and you, you just stick it in and turn on the cordless drill and it does it does the work for you. But um, this it, it, to me, this feels one. It, it's so much more sanitary than a plunger, I, I feel like, because you just wrap it up in a bag after you're done with it and take it out to the garage and it lives out there. It doesn't live by your toilet and <laughs> exactly. make a huge mess when you when you use it. Right. And, and they're they're more efficient, too. They do, they just do the job better. They, they actually clean the clog out rather than just kind of pushing it one way or the other. So, you know, with the plunger, you're going to plunge and then you're going to come back an hour later and you're going to do the same thing again with the. With a snake, normally you get it the first time. <laughs> oh, plunging the toilet is the worst dad job ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wholeheartedly yeah, agree. We've, we've got four boys, and yeah, it seems like I've, I've every <laughs> toilet declogging method I've tried. Compressed air, mm-hmm. um, plungers, the accordion pleated plungers, the toilet augers. You know, the enzymatic drain cleaners, are, you seem to do really well, too, if you treat your drains with, with those... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not not the harsh chemicals, but the kinds that have the enzymes that eat the fats and stuff. So, right. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, but that's a good one. Yeah. Everyone should have something um, along those lines that. But yeah, I, I've had the, the plumber snake and I don't use I haven't used it a lot. Um, I usually usually uh, the plunger works OK as a, as a first step. But, you know, if anything gets down there like a toy or anything, oh boy. you know, anything that doesn't belong, like something like that is really it's it's like that's my last step before calling the plumber or the you know what I mean? Right. Uh, hair <laughs> is another big one. Like like if you've yeah. got girls, uh, you know, I have I have, you know, four women in my house. And so uh, I'm long, long haired women. I'm constantly dealing with hair in drains. It's just terrible. Or the three year old who gets confused and puts a whole roll of paper towels in your toilet. That. <laughs> That just oh, uh, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. or the or the the toilet paper, or, yeah, yeah. But yeah. thankfully, those those days are behind for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, speaking of things that uh, you know, looking in small places is uh, an endoscope. So, an endoscope is a camera on the end of a very flexible cable. You can think of it that way. Uh, plumbers will have them. Uh, Doctors will use them when you have, you know, when you're in your 50s as a man and you have to go in and get, you know, a particular kind of exam. Uh, it's a similar technology. And so in this, you're, it's inspecting pipes in small places. And, you, you know, you may be surprised, like sometimes you drop something down a drain or you or, you, or it's missing. It's like, is it in the drain or did something fall in behind this furniture? And do I have to pull the whole bookcase out and take you know, everything off and move the bookcase to look back there and and not and I don't even know if it's there or not. So an endoscope is just a little camera on the end of a long ropey thing that you can get into tight places to look and see what's going on. And uh that came to mind for me again when I had my leak, we had the the plumber, you know, that came in and he was inspecting all the pipes to to see where the the, the break was, and you know I have a video of him going down. It's like, yep, here's the hole uh, underground under the concrete slab that my house is built on. 
which was great. Uh, uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, we were able to find, you know, the, the problem and uh, and diagnose it. And so I, and I thought this is great. And you can get these. They connect with your smartphone, you know, iPhone or Android. And they're like 20, 20 to 50 bucks. I found a whole bunch in that price range on Amazon. So it's not a break the bank amount, you know, a level of, of expense. I don't know how often you use it. You know, it depends on your house and the types of spaces that you have. But uh, it's something to keep in mind if you would ever perhaps need it to run. You could run out and or you know go yeah. online and get it. Mm-hmm. When you need one, there's like I mentioned the wood burning stove. If you want to check the uh, the status or the cleanliness of your oh. chimney insert, mm-hmm. it's great for running up there. Um, I use it to look around inside walls if you're running cables through walls, um, you know, the joist space, you know, between floors. Um, we also a few years ago cleaned out my parents' house um, as, as, you know, they were moving out. And it was a question of, well, is there any like hidden gold in any of the, you know, see, <laughs> right. there wasn't, there wasn't, but you never know. So you got to like run it and poke it around because you're never sure what, what people may have left up there. So, right. Very true. Yes. Good point. Good point. But yeah, not for medical use. <laughs> no, no, do not put it inside the human body as at all. Tempting as, it, as tempting as it might be. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, anything else, Victor? Do you have another one that you wanted to share? Oh, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, multimeters. Let's mm-hmm. talk about multimeters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not something you might use every day unless you're doing a lot of, uh, you know, electrical type pro- uh, projects. But if you want to know in advance if you're going to get a nasty shock, although if if you're not sure, you probably shouldn't be <laughs> shouldn't be using multimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, they're they're checking continuity or just fixing things in general. Um, and you know, a nice multimeter is very nice to work with, but they can be pretty expensive. And you know, a thirteen or fifteen dollar one that you get off Amazon will will generally do whatever you you needed to do. You're not, you know doing anything precision or or anything so um we'll have a link to just you know a review roundup that cnet did on multimeters but there's so many different sites that do nothing but review multimeters online it's um it's kind of cool to fall into that and there's a whole world of like vintage multimeters too that if you go to estate sales especially if you know the the person who's recently vacated is is was an electrician you know there's lots of really cool things that you can Mm. you can find there um but yeah so um, yeah, yeah, definitely get one if you don't have one. And knowing the whether there's electricity running through an outlet or a circuit or anything is is a safety's for safety's sake. That's a huge thing, mm-hmm. but can also go a long way to diagnosing a problem that you're that mm-hmm. is. is con- I, I was replacing a uh, switch, uh, a, you know, a vent fan switch in my bathroom <laughs> not long ago, and. I, I I must have shorted the the circuit out at some point, and I'm like, oh darn it! And and I had to go run to the the box and flip the breaker, and it wouldn't like I had installed it, and it wouldn't work, and I couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, and it turns out it also flipped the GFCI on the other side of the bathroom, like it it it, uh, it, it uh, flipped that yeah. circuit, the ground fault circuit interrupter, and so it took me forever. I actually called, I had to call a friend. He came over. It took us a while to figure. Out. But if I had just had a multimeter, I could have said, "There's no power here. That's why that's not working." So you know, what did we do wrong? Like we were like trying to rack in our brains what was going on, and uh, and that 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 would have made it a whole lot easier. But uh, yeah, to have something to ba- that tells you basically what power is running through 
you know, whether power is running through a circuit is mm. uh, basic, but this does a little more. It can tell you what power, how much, and that sort of thing. Right. So that's nice. And, and if you want, if you want a simple one, there's also um, power pens that they oh, yeah. that check. Uh, you just it, so a multimeter. You, you have to know how to read it. You have to know what kind of what you're looking at, what setting to put it on, and what you're looking for. Uh, whereas with a power pen, uh, it, you stick it against the wall and it lights up. <laughs> if there's right. electricity, it lights up, and it's it's all plastics. So you don't have to worry about electrocuting yourself. You know, so you just you stick it there, and you and you know uh, that that is definitely another uh invaluable piece uh especially if you are planning on doing any electrical work uh that that touches anything inside of the wall if you're replacing an outlet or anything like that i have one of those on you at all times definitely definitely how about you thomas uh your next uh idea for folks so a a good headlamp goes Mm -hmm. a long way and this is uh we we recommend them for camping i think we on our camping uh tech podcast we had uh some recommendations for headlamps and and this one uh, same thing here just just a good cheap headlamp that you can stick on your head so that when you have to get under the sink you're not trying to hold a a light or fix your flashlight or put your phone in the middle of the puddle that you're trying to to fix <laughs> and you just got the light where you need it if if you if you are doing a really good job of it get one that's like a pair of safety glasses that has an led built into it uh because then you've got the safety glasses and a light uh just right put put together great combination but there are so many times where i i kick myself because i you know the the headlamp's dead or the kids took it camping and i'm trying to fix something and in the and they're gone and they took the headlamp with them and i'm like under the sink you know trying to figure out what's going on and holding the flashlight in my mouth or whatever (laughs) Um, so yeah yeah it's good headlamp goes a long way towards any kind of repair project where you're going to be upside down underneath or any kind of digging in something that's a that's a perfect thing yeah a, a, a good like i always have a flashlight on me a little pen light but having something that did, that doesn't take up a hand like my head's not mm-hmm. doing anything when i'm under there you know what i mean it's protecting my brain but that's about it uh so <laughs> making making sure i'm using it for something like that that's a great idea and again because it's gonna live in your maybe in your toolbox or just like in your junk drawer mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be great for the outdoors it just has to work yeah. you know Exactly. whatever you need to get under something and, and fix something yeah harbor freight again practically gives them away yeah right now. so you can and uh but i think uh, i think we're going to raise an entire generation of kids who will never uh grow up having their dads yell at them because they're not pointing in the flashlight <laughs> right. at the, at the right thing. You, know, you just start up holding pointing it at the brake pads and then you kind of like drift. not in my face what i'm looking at what what i'm looking at Great. not in me you can't see i'm blinded yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so uh, my next uh thing I want to mention is not so much a, th- a piece of tech as a, w- a way of using tech to help yourself. And that is use a reminders or a to do app to schedule your home maintenance tasks. Like for example, I mean, we all know we're supposed to change our smoke detector batteries twice a year, you know, and they recommend to do it at the clock change so that it reminds you, but you also should change your smoke detector every 10 years, which is mm-hmm. hard to remember. You know, they give you a thing to write on it, like what the date you installed it. But um, how often am I up there looking at that? You know what I mean? I mean, I suppose when I take the batteries, yeah. I swap them out, I should look. But what I did is when I every time I have installed a smoke detector, I put a note in my to do app, which mine is called Omni, OmniFocus, set to 10 years out. Mm. 
replace the smoke detector. Now that seems like a ridiculously long period of time, but it, it's I've had OmniFocus for more than ten years, and I've I've gotten the reminder, and I've been grateful for it. Or there things things like your HVAC filters, which you're supposed to change every three months, like your air filters, uh, whether on your furnace or your your uh, AC or whatever, um, water filters. Like whether it's the jug in the fridge or if you have a whole house water filter, a lot of houses have whole house water filters, sediment filters, um, air purifier filters. Uh, you know, you're supposed to wash and replace your vacuum cleaner filters every few months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I I, yeah. I think a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of fun though when you when you wash them and you just Oof. see all the yeah. filth coming out of them. It's, it's <laughs> yes. just like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> right. breathing this stuff. All that stuff is going into the air. Um, yeah, when you you should if you have a, a coffee maker, descaling it so you can buy descaling solution online or you know in the in the uh, or vinegar. Yeah, or, just right. throw vinegar through you it. You can just do vinegar too. <laughs> yeah. Um, White vinegar. Yeah. If you have emergency batteries or emergency lights, like rechargeable ones, you know, keep those charged up. You shouldn't keep them plugged in all the time. That's bad for them. So charge it up, unplug it, and then every so often, you know, plug it back in again to make sure that it doesn't drain too low. Um, and then I also have one for like to remind me to get my snowblower and my lawnmower serviced before each season, you know, to I have I have a guy, you know. Uh, who comes around and he looks, you know, he does them, he, you know, the um, every town has that guy who, who will come and service your small engines. Um, and so uh, he, he I, I, contact, I text him and he comes and he does it. But I have a reminder to remind me to do all these things. So I have like lawn maintenance things like at the end of the season and all that sort of stuff. There's so many tasks to do <laughs> to me did a house, you know, fil- filters and all kinds of stuff. It's just get get yourself organized. Put the stuff in. You don't have to even sit down and do it all at once. As you do it the first time, put a reminder in to, for you to do it the next time and have right. it be a repeating reminder. So that that's what mm-hmm. I'm. So it's uh, a good idea. Yeah, uh, Victor. Any yeah. other uh, suggestions? Yeah, I mean, well, you mentioned you know things that you want to do every once in a while. Cleaning your dryer vent if you have a gas dryer that's you know exhausting out to the outside. You know that lint and stuff can accumulate in there. Um, I can't recommend this for everybody, but I use I use a leaf blower to because we have kind of a long run up to the ceiling and just put that up there. And I'm sure our neighbors think are crazy when they see this lint exploding <laughs> off the top of our <laughs> house in a once in a while. But so that's another thing I can recommend. But in terms of like home maintenance tech, um, I'm enjoying having uh, like 3D printers in the house, too, yes. because <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much you can you can print and, and you know. I'm I'm retopping our 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 deck. Well, it started off with that, but now it's taking down the railings and the stairs and the pergola. It's it's turned into a big a big job. But I wanted to space out the boards, and so just went to Thingiverse, got the you know three sixteenth inch spacers or whatever I needed, and and printed them up and started putting them in boards, and then dropped all of them under the deck where I couldn't reach them anymore. So <laughs> I just yelled at our 10-year-old, you know, print more spaces. And he ran and started you feel bad for losing them, them because you weren't thinking, yeah. man, these cost like 15 cents a piece. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I just printed more of them. And uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, brackets and, and hooks and things for hanging. And a lot of the um, the designs you get, you can easily modify them through, mm-hmm. through various means and stuff. So um I you know I I can't say I use it every every day or even every every week for home maintenance stuff, but 
it's just kind of cool to be able to say, well, I, I could just print, you know, a shelf bracket. Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't need to go out and buy one. So many shelf brackets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, like, one of the things that drives me crazy is how expensive appliance parts can be. Like, if anything in your fridge breaks, one of the drawers or the shelves or anything like that, it's like a hundred dollars oh, yeah. for like one little door shelf thing, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. Now I, I don't think I'd print a whole one of those; that would seem excessive. But I wonder, like you know, maybe some way to repair these things, mm-hmm. or even like a handle on something, like a drawer handle, or you know, or or some one of those things, like a microwave door handle or something. I had one of those. If you, got a, if you got a slider, you can you can like print Darth Vader's head for the slider. <laughs> and so now you've got yeah. you replace <laughs> the slider, but it's also cooler now too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm making a list of every time 3D printing comes up in the uh, show, so that I can you know bring it to my wife at some point and say, hey, you know this is will save us money. What if you let me spend hundreds of dollars on a 3D printer? Uh, I don't know if it'll work, but <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I'm doing with with my wife is is a lot to keep track of with um home maintenance and house stuff and so i use i've talked about obsidian as a program before which is a a a mac and windows program that is basically um a note-taking app it's a place to store all kinds of information and you can link the notes to each other and so we have a shared obsidian vault it's called where we have all kinds of information every time I have an interaction with say uh, a, a plumber or um, a car, you know, the, the contractor we ha- who we have come in and do uh, jobs or um, electrician or one of the utilities, I date, put a, a date note, you know, so I put the date and then what happened. This is a fail safe, not just for my bad memory, but also God forbid anything were to happen to me. Um, my <laughs> wife would have, all of this information of stuff that I usually deal with in there. And we have the same thing for, she, she manages all the kids healthcare. So all she puts all the notes about the Mm -hmm. kids, various health issues and the doctors and all that sort of stuff. So that if God forbid something should happen to her, I have that information. So it's, it's a place that we can store all kinds of information. So from a home maintenance standpoint, uh, like we, when we had the, the, the flood, the, the house flood, I had all kinds of, like I had notes on the different plumbers that we contacted and all their contact information and then the insurance company and the, all the claimers, all that stuff was in there in one central place that was, you know, stored in the cloud that we could both access um, just so that we, we had it. Um, there were other solutions for this. You could use Notion or Evernote or OneNote. Um, you know, there's all kinds of shared note places. Mm-hmm. You use Apple Notes for that too. I mean, that would work really great too. Um, so just, but just having a place where you can keep that information that you would both want to have access to. Uh, Thomas, how about you? What do you, what else do you have to recommend to folks? Okay, so so really nerdy one here. Um, if you are a home networking specialist, if you are like me and you have built your home network and you have like a media device and a server and routing and firewalls and the whole nine yards, uh, you really you you deserve to learn how to use Fire uh, Wireshark, which is um which is a fantastic network profiling tool. It tracks packets uh, all through your network. Uh, you can see where everything's going. Literally every 
piece of information that's traveling through your network, you will have a, a, a handle on it. It is very overwhelming. I am going to say that up front. <laughs> it is it is something that will um, th- there's way too much information in Wireshark uh, at, at the get go. But you you owe it to yourself if you do any kind of networking in your house to learn at least the, the basics of it and to put it on your network and figure nice. out what's yeah, happening. That is that is a good point. Um, yeah, because these days that your network is part of your your home. <laughs> Every home has a network in it, whether it's Wi-Fi it really or otherwise. Yeah. Um, and so that's another tool for maintaining it that falls on us. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor, how about you? Anything other things you want to mention? No, nothing, nothing for me. Okay. So the last thing I want to mention is software and this uh, personal, well, it's called Home Zada and it's a, digital home management, personal finance software app. So it does a lot of different things, but I want to focus on the the home management part of it. And like I was just talking about with what I use Obsidian for, this does that like, and then more. Um, it has a lot of, if you, if you want something that kind of does it all for you, this will do it all for you. This, you know, you can uh, put all of your, belongings in there as a home asset inventory um it hmm. will help you manage maintenance and repair um home remodeling projects uh you know all kinds of other stuff in there there's just like it, it's got everything for you know, everything for managing your home is in this from finances to to you know maintenance to remodeling projects um it's it's not cheap i mean there's a free plan That'll probably do most of what you need. Um, the free plan gives you home inventory, home documents, which is, I think, a place to store documents related to your home, um, a contact list, a news feed. But then, you know, for $79 a year, which is, I don't know, that seems a little bit pricey to me, but um, th- that gives you the home maintenance, remodeling, home finances. It'll have online bank integration. So that's the home finances stuff. Um so all kinds of other things like that is at the $79 um, level. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily recommending it. I'm saying it's out there. It's, I, it's, it's not for me, but for, for somebody, this might be the perfect thing. You, you're willing to trade yeah. some money for ease of use. I think that would be the, you know, as a comprehensive software mm-hmm. package. No, it looks, it looks really cool. Definitely. Especially just from like an insurance perspective, having, you know, you could do this with Dropbox as well, just take pictures, but this organizes it a lot better and integrates it with. Right. You know. And uh, they also have a deluxe plan, which allows you to have up to three properties, which I would suppose it's either like if you have a vacation home you want to run or an Airbnb that you're running as a business. But also um, if you are maybe own some um, investment property, like if you're a landlord of some sort, that would be too. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, t- was there anything else, Thomas, that you had, did you want to mention? I got a couple of honorable mentions. So, um, I, one, one that I have is a, a compressed air uh, oh, yeah. is a great cleaning tool. Fantastic for home maintenance. You should always have cans of compressed air. If you can swing it, getting an air compressor is actually really useful too, because there's all sorts of stuff you can do with an air compressor that, um, that's just super fantastic. And this is actually how I, how I, uh, swung getting mine so that I could do uh, mini model painting. Oh, with cool. it. <laughs> and I was like, but it's really useful for home maintenance, right? Like the 3d printer. Uh, so, you know, it's, it gets a lot of use, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, so that's, that's one. And then the other one, this is, this is a weird one and I, it's not one you'll ever need until you need it. And then you need it. And it's, um, a water element, a water heating element mm. wrench. There's a very specific wrench for water heater elements. 
and it's they're they're cheap but when your garage is flooding and you just need to get the element out and put a new element in and you don't you can't get your monkey wrench in there because everything's slippery and the hole's too small and whatever these things are fantastic so it's just a it's like a tube of uh of metal that you slide on the heating element put a screwdriver through the back end and un- unscrew it and then do do the reverse to screw it back in <laughs> highly recommend having one of these you will never need it until you need it, and then you will kick yourself for not having it. <laughs> it sounds like a, a, a personal experience. <laughs> oh yes, very, very nice. much so. <laughs> we do, we just moved just moved into the house, and so we had all our boxes oh, in the garage, no. and the water heater exploded, and I had no idea what to do. I was trying to get in there with a wrench, couldn't. Oh, you know, it was, it was awful. <laughs> awful. Well, that's that is good advice. So that's just some home maintenance tech ideas. I mean, there's lots and lots more we could cover and we probably will in a future episode, but if you have some ideas for home maintenance, gadgets, tech, tools of high or low tech, be sure to write in and let us know technology at sqpn.com and we'll talk about them on a future episode. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Sarah N., Victor P., Ben B., Brent W., and Susan P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So we've got some headlines we like to discuss, and our first headline is big for some people. Uh, a lot of folks have been waiting for this one. I'm glad I could talk about <laughs> it with you guys. Uh, the Raspberry Pi company has announced that the Raspberry Pi 5 is now available. This is the follow-on to the very popular and scarce for of late Raspberry yeah. Pi 4, which came out four years ago, I think, 2019 or 18. Um, and so there's a new pie. Yeah. It's of course it's faster and better in many ways, but mostly faster um, CPU, better graphics, and uh, I think yeah, I think those are the main things. So, so what do you guys think of the new Pi Five? I'm for it if if, if I can actually purchase it. <laughs> yeah, cause yeah. I have a <laughs> couple three Raspberry Pi Fours I got before the great shortage and. You know, we'll have to see how RetroPie works on this for retro gaming. Um, you know, uh, as as you mentioned, Octoprint for for print servers for your 3D printer. Um, a home assistant uh, runs really well on a on a Pi four and a Pi three now. So we'll see how that works with the Pi five. That's a home automation platform that you can kind of do it yourself. So I'm I'm very excited. The prices look to be about the same. Of course, when they say eighty dollars for the eight gigabyte version and then you look on amazon and they're like 140 150 yeah you can buy you can mm-hmm. buy a windows like machine for less than that but um you know similarly specced out so we'll see what the availability and price situation actually is um but on paper it looks pretty cool yeah the only the only thing that concerns me is the price and that but um i understand where they're coming from because you know they had the shortage and that was that was a big issue and so they're developing their their pipeline again and making sure that they have everything in stock um the one thing i will say about a pie is just to remember that when you're getting into a pie even if you could afford a a cheaper windows machine it's not a windows machine it's not a computer it's a, um, a it is a multi-use tool so the whole idea of it is that you're using it for some kind of specific project that it's going to sit there and do and um so you know i have 
one plugged up to my 3D printer. I've got one that's plugged into my network there runs uh network monitoring software i've got one that's uh just kind of exists for uh you know uh, i have some thermometers and some moisture meters like you guys were talking about that i have connected to it for like the garden or things like that so it, it's a project computer not necessarily like a right. computer computer right. but you can use it as one but this yeah, one looks really I mean, promising this, yeah you can use it yeah it, it yeah. functions it has that a way desktop too. <laughs> environment yeah, and stuff so you can yeah so yeah and they did say that it's um Hardware compatible, so that if you are, have it connected to other accessories or anything like that, it should work out of the box. A five should work with anything. You could mm-hmm. just swap in whatever you had for your four. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. cool because I have one that I use as like a synthesizer and effects pedal, uh-huh. and, and for audio, yep. and there it's almost powerful enough to do it, but not quite as with the Raspberry Pi four. So hopefully, that's something that we could use for Raspberry Pi five. Very cool. So our next headline is was an interesting article at GQ, Gentlemen's Quarterly, uh, Inside Apple's Plan to Change the Way We Watch Sports. And I, I thought it was a kind of a fascinating look at the deal that Apple made with MLS, Major League Soccer, to become the the, the broadcaster, the, the 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 primary broadcaster for MLS. Um, and how and then the guy behind it was the Apple exec ADQ, and he's a huge sports fan himself. And what what's interesting to me is it's not just Apple coming in as a broadcaster, but sort of coming in as a partner and saying, how can we present and change the game of Major League Soccer for the benefit of the fan, you know, with the fan in mind first, and then, you know, making that a better product for us. And so we can, so we are earning more money and that, that sort of thing. And, you know, I thought that was an interesting approach, which sort of a lot, you know, it jives with a lot of the way Apple approaches things. Um, and it's, but it's very different from the traditional broadcaster model, which is, you know, I'm just going to distribute this and, you know, where I'm the sort of a vendor model or a contractor model, as opposed to a partnership model like Apple is doing with MLS, even to the level of Apple paying uh, superstar Lionel Messi, you know, as part of his deal to come to uh, the MLS from Europe and to play for Miami, I guess it is. And, you know, that's a big deal for them. And Apple got in on some of that and he got some, he's getting money from Apple uh, for that. So, um, Kind of fascinating. What did you guys think of this? I think that if they can make soccer interesting to watch, more power to them. <laughs> no, no, I mean, Apple certainly has the money to to throw around. I mean, not a big sports uh, person myself, but this this could be cool. I, I'm intrigued at how it's going to work out because um, soccer is huge in the world. So I know they're looking at that and looking at the market in internationally and going, why is this not a thing? Like, you know, why, why do people watch? Cause uh, and honestly, you, you say soccer, interesting to watch. Soccer is a lot more interesting to watch than <laughs> baseball. Honestly, Cause yeah. most of the time in baseball, you're just sitting right. there waiting for something to happen. And then it finally does. And it's like two seconds of something happening. And then you're, then you're waiting again. <laughs> so, uh, and football is not much <laughs> better. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, it's, it's interesting that it's never caught on here. And I think if anybody's going to, be capable of getting American soccer to take off. Uh, Apple's probably there. So we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. And since I'm an Apple TV subscriber, I'm happy to see more soccer. <laughs> well, and what's interesting is, you know, since MLS is sort of the smallest of all of the major you know, professional sports in the U S you know, it's after hockey and baseball and basketball and football. Uh, 
Apple could kind of use its muscle a little bit more than it could say push the NFL around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things they did was they said to them, look, you know, your schedule is all over the place all week. Uh, what if we, you know, right. aired them Saturdays and select Wednesdays, every game starting at seven thirty local time. And that, and the like, that's better for the fan. And the, the, the teams went, huh? That's an idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow, what an idea. Like, because <laughs> baseball and hockey and basketball, they just do it like all week long, whatever. Whereas football is, it's appointment yeah. viewing. You know, it's going to be, well, now it's three days a week, but it's going to be yeah. Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, you know, and it's only one game each on Monday right. or Thursday. And it's like, it, it makes it, it makes a sort of an appointment. And it's, it's probably why football as a professional sport in the U.S. is the behemoth. It's the big one. Um, because it's, right. it's become a spectacle. It's become a big deal where people build up all week to it and making it predictable. And that, and that's the sort of thing that I think is fascinating to see Apple, see tech companies come into these older, you know, uh, spaces, whether it's sports or other industries and sort of present, you know, come, come in there with their new way of doing things. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated to see where they if where they go next if they get British Premier League, you know, other soccer or move into. I mean, they've already started baseball with the with MLB. Apple has, so I'll be curious to see if Google goes in and picks mm-hmm. up a broadcast rights for YouTube or for a sport or something. So fascinating. Book lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be Google's way. Like, what is the sport that nobody plays? Okay, let's go this one. Field hockey. Yes. Uh, or Australian <laughs> roost football, which actually I kind of would like to see, actually. I wish, I wish that was available to see. <laughs> Somebody needs to pick up cornhole, the, the professional yeah, cornhole. Yeah. It was amazing. Be Facebook. I had no idea. I had no idea I wanted to watch that. And then I watched it. And it was like, this is incredible. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. I remember as a kid watching Candlepin Bowling on Saturday mornings. That's that's a thing in, in the Boston area. It was a, it was big. Um. So, and then our third headline is, this is interesting to me. Uh, the, the headline is, Tech Elites Plot New Invention, a North Bay City. So this is a Marin Independent Journal newspaper. And this is about uh, you know, uh, this area north of San Francisco, north of Silicon Valley. And the, it boils down to a bunch of tech billionaires have kind of got fed up with how expensive all the places around, all the cities around uh, San Francisco are to live. Like, a tiny rundown little house is selling for a million dollars. Like my little house that, you know, even in Boston, it's, it's overpriced. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would go for a mm. mil, over a million dollars in, you know, in the, that area around Silicon Valley. And it makes it hard because they have to pay their employees these crazy wages just so they can afford to live near the place of work. And so they've come up with this idea of this, all this farmland north of, San Francisco. What if we just bought it all and built a new city and created new mm-hmm. housing? And they kind of went about it in, in the, the, I don't know, the, the way that people think of tech billionaires where they didn't, they kind of didn't tell anyone, which is kind of the thing that, that, that legendarily Walt Disney did when he bought the land for Disney world, he bought it under a bunch of shell corporations so that people wouldn't know what he's doing and jack up their selling price. But it made people suspicious out here in California, out there in California when he was doing it, the, the, these, uh, these, these guys were doing it. Um, and so no one kind of knew who had bought tens of thousands of acres of land 
uh, in this mm-hmm. one county. And so wh- they're going to build a city and it's going to have schools and housing and performing arts centers. What do you guys think about this latest? It's kind of a trend of people wanting to build these new cities for people to go like ideal cities. What do you think of it? It seems more like a Shelbyville idea to me. They're going to have a monorail that runs through it too. Monorail. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, has, have any, aside from like, you know, Abu Dhabi or something, is it have any of these like new cities actually happened? I mean, we've, we've had like, we're going to build like the libertarian utopia and it's going to be just off the coast and nobody could tell us what to do, or we're going right. to, you know, buy all this land and build a city. So I mean, it a city is a city, and in California, you're, I mean, with interest rates being what they are now, I mean, no housing is going to be affordable. You know, I mean, it. it and you're going to you build it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to have the same crime problems that the rest of you know the cities in California have or don't have, you know, depending on who you ask. So, I mean, wherever you go, there you are, and it's um, you know, it it. it <laughs> I don't know. Let yeah. farmland be farmland. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of torn. I'm I'm on the fence about this one because on the one hand I want to say okay let's I hope this is like Epcot right where it's like it's it really is like a, a futuristic city where they've you know plotted things out and made ideas of like the the community of tomorrow and that's kind of the the, the angle of it. The problem is is that I don't think these guys are far sighted enough to to do that. They 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 want to wreck things. That's like the whole impetus for you know, Silicon Valley is like, let's break it. Let's break yeah. stuff and, and push hard and go past where. It, and so, you know, like they're not planning a community that's going to exist in a hundred years. They're planning it for a community that's going to exist for the next five. Right. Cause that's all they're thinking about. And, uh, and that's really the problem is that that's where I, I worry about it. And um, so, you know, like Epcot's been around forever and it's, 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 it, it's actually a pretty good community that, you know, being close to it here in Florida uh it really is sort of like the community of tomorrow and the, the people that live there love it. The people that live there really embrace the concept of what Epcot to is. To clarify, so, there's yeah. Epcot, the the theme park, but there's a there's a right. town <laughs> next to it oh, okay. that people live in yeah, called yeah. It was Celebration, right? It's Celebration, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's based around this whole concept of like, you know, the community of tomorrow and that, that it was Disney's big thing was like, you know, building a, a community that was, that was designed around the people that lived there, that was designed to last, that was purposefully, uh, conceptualized and and made actual and and the people that live there love it like they they really do mm-hmm. like if you talk to anybody that's from there they they enjoy the the whole concept of where of how they're living there and like what the what the design of the community is so it could be great <laughs> i just don't know that these guys are visionaries in the way that that disney was where he was mm-hmm. you know planning forward in in the way that he was <laughs> i've seen these done in, in catholic context too right uh, another in florida mm-hmm. is ave maria florida where ave maria university yeah. is tom monahan the behind that um that feels like i mean there's there was definitely a plan there's a big church in the middle it's designed to be a catholic community uh but it it felt like an execution because I I looked at it years ago when my wife and I were trying to figure out what we were going to do next before I got my next job. And we, I was actually applying for something at Ave Maria, the university, and we we're looking at it and it's like, this just feels like a really big, like, you know, ranch house development, you know, just mm-hmm. ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk housing and didn't feel like 
thought was put on into it other than like slapping a Catholic label on it a little bit, you know? Mm. Um, And I feel like that's, that's the thing like you have to have a community. It has to be somewhat organic. It has to be human. It can't just be efficient. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or um, (laughs) have a facade over it of a particular ideology or idea or something like that, but it has to be from the ground up has to be human. If if you're into ghost towns or urban exploration, something to look up is the town of Kitsalt, K-I-T-S-A-U-L-T, in Canada. It was built in like 1982 yeah. to, as, a, as a town to support this new mine that opened. 18 months later, the mine closed and the town has been sitting. Um, a tech billionaire bought it. He wants to revive it, yep. you know, and stuff. So it's it's been perfectly maintained, but all of the furnishings, books, everything in all of the buildings is just as it was in 1982. Like people left like virtually overnight, the town. Yeah, they left virtually yeah. overnight and it's been frozen in time since 1982. And it's fascinating just seeing some of the videos. Like of uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, wild. Yards are still being mowed and houses are still being maintained and stuff, uh, you know, but nobody lives there. Nobody has for, <laughs> for 40 years. Wow. But that the traditionally, you know, companies, when they've had troubles with getting enough workers where they are they've moved to to places and it's kind of interesting to say we don't want to move to you know, like the, for a while tech companies are moving to texas but you know they're not they don't want to move to say detroit or to you know uh, indianapolis or whatever they like to be where they are and but build a new community i don't know it's kind of an interesting different impulse there uh, we'll have to follow how that goes so um that's uh that's our headlines and let's move on to our picks of the week and victor i'm very interested in your pick this week because i was just watching a video about this la- this last night literally last night so i want to get your opinion on this so why don't i let you go first on your pick of the week yeah so um i've started carrying more tools with me wherever i go <laughs> like i have a multi-tool a flashlight um but there's you know and a wallet and my keys and it was starting to um, take up a lot of space in my pocket. So I saw, like you did, probably uh, a similar video for this um, everyday carry tool pouch. Um, it's it's $20 or under $20, but it's pretty compact. There's not padding and stuff that takes up spaces. There's pockets on the inside and outside for cards and cash. And inside I can carry my, um, you know, so I can carry my ID, my cards, but I have room for like a multi-tool, a pen tweezers flyers flashlight lens wipes uh, i have my my uh solanus casey relic in there as well <laughs> and uh and uh yeah so it's 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 it fits in in my pocket granted you know my my jeans might be bigger than other people's but um and doesn't it's very compact and everything i need is i just grab it when i when i need to go nice so i would say check it out yeah i bet it was the max leveled edc channel because he he does all kinds yeah. of knives and flashlights and stuff. He's cost me yep. a lot of money over the last year or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was looking at that. Honestly, I was I was looking at another one of those like that for my daughter who I just got her her first cell phone, and she does wants to some way to carry it around with her because girls don't have pockets, and so but she doesn't mm-hmm. want like a girly purse. I'm like so like he had something that had like Molly uh, loops on it, Molly straps, and it was black and it was, and that's her aesthetic, like very you know Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, 
sort of uh, the the aesthetic. So I was looking at those like that. But this I like because I li- I actually also have uh, an EDC pouch that I carry, but it's a little smaller. Um, well, or at least it might not actually be smaller, but it doesn't carry as much. So I want to I might mm. pick that up and take a look at it because uh, I like that. It looks really good. And this kind of thing's great, even if you're not going to carry it with you, to just stick in your glove box. Yes. Get all oh, your tools, yeah. put them in there, stick them in your glo- glove box so that you got it all right. ready to go when you need it. Yes, yes. I'm a big believer in having uh, an EDC, you know, everyday carry kit that has things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, Thomas, what's your pick this week? All right, so my pick this week is uh, kind of on this uh, concept of electronics and home maintenance and stuff. Um, if if you are a tinkerer by nature and you like to uh, uh, build electronic stuff and you miss Radio Shack, uh, I highly recommend checking out Adafruit Industries. They have a Adafruit.com, I think it's their website. Uh, and it's all of this electronics stuff that you can use to build uh, kits and so they have uh if you if you're a user of arduino boards or if you get a raspberry pi and you want to have some actual physical real world stuff to attach to it i i recommend you go here because um their stuff is fantastic uh i've, I've been doing different electronics uh things with my kids and I, and for myself for years and i always come back to them <laughs> like it's it's a little bit pricier than you'll find it some places but it's reliable it's really yeah. well built yeah. and it just works nice cool yeah i really like their their neo pixel lights and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah the shipping's a little expensive but if you can't find it on aliexpress or you don't want to take a chance on you know the 30 yeah. cent microprocessor that's, that's or whatever, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll take six weeks to arrive yeah i mean you get what you pay for with with adafruit but you're right it is a little bit more expensive nice cool yeah i my son i, I got him a uh a, an ebook on adafruit projects because of a, mm-hmm. something I recently got him that is a future pick of the week. So I don't want to spoil that, but um, it's related to to that sort of thing. A little project, uh, electronic project. So really cool. Excellent. Very good resource. So my pick this week is a bit of a specialized tool, but I think people might have ways that they could use it uh, that if they don't need to do what I do. So the, the tool is called Whisper Transcription. It's a, it's a piece of software that uh, is, this is Mac specific, but there are uh, Windows and Linux versions. Whisper is another one of these um, large language model tools, AI chatbot. Okay. Uh, but it's not a chatbot. What this does, it's an audio recognition engine it, it uh, or speech recognition engine. And so what Whisper transcription does is you can feed it any audio or video file, and then it will transcribe it. It will go through the file um, faster than real time. You know, if it's an hour long file, it will take, you know, 10 minutes or so. And um, it will give you a transcription uh, and you can export it in many. It could do speaker recognition so it can separate all the different speakers voices out and label them. Um, you can export it in just a standard like text file or SRT file, which is a, the type of file that you use if you're putting um, captions on YouTube for videos. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I use this all the time with our podcasts and the way, way I use it is I, I will often run the transcription of a podcast through it. Gives me the whole thing, export it. It's not perfect. I mean, with, especially with proper names, um, you should see the things it does to Father Corey Stika's <laughs> name and um, Jack Berestini's <laughs> name uh, for Secrets of Stargate. And, uh, but I get the file that out of it. And I I run it through a uh, 
chat uh, GPT summarizer, which gives me a summary of the thing. And then I run it through again to give me social media posts that I can use to promote oh, the shows. Cool. Uh, it never comes out exactly the way I, you know, the, the, the end result of those social media posts have to be edited because uh, sometimes I'm wondering, you know, <laughs> these things are not ready to take over the world. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but nevertheless, they they are much better at formulating social media p- posts than I am. But this this is the first step. And it's it's so great. I mean, it used to be, you know, podcasters would have to hire transcriptionists. It was expensive. This isn't perfect. But wow, it does 90 nine percent of the job and it is it is fantastic so uh whisper transcription uh there's a free level but and then there's a paid level and i think what was the paid level that's uh it's on the mac app store this version is in the in-app purchase uh for whisper pro you can either spend 10 bucks a year subscription or just buy whisper pro upright for 30 bucks which is i think worth the price for for something that's as good as this so just want to mention that Excellent. So Thanks. those are our picks of the week and that will do it for us this time. We would love to get your feedback and anything we discussed this time. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC 229. We would love, we would really appreciate if you would write a review in Apple Podcasts or any one of the podcast directories that allow reviews or stars or whatever the rating system is. And to share the podcast with your friends to help us grow our community and reach more listeners. We think we're a tech podcast unlike any other. And so we think others would love to hear about us until next time victor lambs thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology thanks dom thomas center ho thank you as well it's been a pleasure and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on starquest <laughs>